Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Grasser Show. We got another 90 minutes. Bonus half hour today because we got a Ranger game. Coverage begins at 1230 right here on 98.7. Rangers and the Caps pregame with... Me, Don the Greg and Dave Maloney will be on the call. And by the way, this portion of the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN brought to you by Slomans. Slomans Home Security is celebrating their 100th year anniversary. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME to protect your home and family. I hear Sloman also has a deal with the Sky Cave Retreats. They make sure that if you're in a cave and you're in the dark and you're, you know, cut out from the outside world, you don't have to worry about your safety because the Slomans people are going to take care of you there, too. At least they should. Like, you think they have the ring doorbell on those huts in the, the retreat? Probably not, right? Because there's not going to be any light to see anything. Like, what's the point? I don't know. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. By the way, football, the quarterback situation. What about the Giants? Right? I mean, we sit here talking about the Jets, and the Jets have to resolve their situation, and who's it going to be? Um, real quick, I was going to say, Joe Douglas is also talking Tuesday. Green Bay GM's going to talk Tuesday. Joe Douglas Tuesday. Sala Thursday. So that's what you have to keep tabs on coming up here this week when everybody in the NFL goes to Indianapolis for the Combine. What about the Giants, though? Right? they got decisions to make. Decisions, decisions, decisions. Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley. Been saying it, I'll keep saying it. In a perfect world, you want to be able to sign Daniel Jones to a contract. So the cap hit is not prohibitive because, remember, if you franchise Daniel Jones, it's $32.4 million. Hard hit. Comes right off the cap this year. And the Giants only have 40-something million to work with right now. I mean, I know that they're going to make some moves to be able to tinker with that number, but still... You don't want your quarterback maybe counting for all that this year. You know, take like Aaron Rodgers, for example. Rodgers, let's say if he goes back to Green Bay, even though he's owed $60 million this year, the cap hit is only $15 million bucks because all the bonus money and everything is spread out over the length of it. And that's what the Giants want to do. And that's why you want to get your quarterback on a long-term deal, right, to bring those initial cap hits down while you try to fill out the roster around him. And Daniel Jones, as good of a year as he had last year, what were one of the drawbacks and what were one of the things that you would like to improve? It would obviously be you want to get him some weapons. You want to get him some playmakers. You know, Isaiah Hodgins is nice. Daniel Bellinger is nice. But how about getting some guys that the opposing defense is actually going to, you know, have sleepless nights over in the week leading up to the game? That's what the Giants have to do. And how do you do that? You need money. You need cap space. And Joe Shane knows that. Brian Dayball knows that. So how do you work this whole thing out when it comes to the giant quarterback? Now, look, you have to be realistic. Some of these numbers that you see floating around out there and, and, and speculating, and remember, Jones changed agents. You know, he's putting himself in position to where, you know, he wants to cash in, as he has every right to want to do. Athletes first, the ones that he signed up with, they're the ones that did the deals for Aaron Rodgers. 
which made him the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL once upon a time. They did the deal for Dak Prescott, which got him a four-year, $160 million deal, including $128 million in guaranteed money. Wow. But $45 million a year, which is kind of that number that's being thrown around out there by some in and around the game that Daniel Jones is going to get. I mean, come back to me. $45 million a year. Do you realize? Let's just, just put this in like real life perspective here. If he gets 35 a year, forget about 45. If he even gets 35, that'll still put him among the top 10 highest paid starting quarterbacks in the NFL. All right. This is still Daniel Jones we're talking about. Not Eli Manning, not Phil Simms. You want to talk about Giants who actually you know, won something in their lives. Daniel Jones won a playoff game. $45 million? Uh, you know, he had a nice year. Real nice year. And he works well with Brian Dayball. But you take a step back and you, you know, look at it from 30,000 feet. I mean, the guy threw 15 touchdown passes this year which is 15 more touchdown passes than I threw, and I didn't even play. Jimmy Garoppolo played six less games than Daniel Jones did this year and still threw more touchdown passes. Davis Mills of your Houston Texans, who were god-awful this year. Davis Mills, he's the guy that got that really long neck, like a giraffe with a football helmet on it. Davis Mills threw 17 touchdowns more than Daniel Jones. Does that scream like a guy who should be paid $45 million a year to you? Not to me. Not to me. You know Jordan Renan. He covers the Giants for us here at ESPN. He's a frequent guest of this program. One of the greats. He does his Breaking Big Blue podcast, which you can download on the ESPN New York app. It's really a must listen. If you like the Giants or if you like the color blue or if you like Jordan. It's, it fits all the criterias. But you just got done hearing me saying the Giants shouldn't pay Daniel Jones $45 million. Well, if you don't believe me, then let Jordan tell you. Take a listen. Let's stick to the $45 million number that everybody's talking about. They're not paying him $45 million. It's not even a conversation when you should even be having. Now, the number I heard was that Jones wants in the $40 million range is people in his circle who think he's worth $40 million or more. Fine. Let's say they think he's worth $42 million. The Giants want to start at 35. Like I said from the beginning, if there's a deal, the middle ground, I thought was between like 35 and 38 million, 37, 38 million. That's the sweet spot for this deal. It's not 42 million. It's not 40 million. And it's certainly not 45 million. The Giants are not paying him 45 million. Let's stop with that conversation. Not happening. They'll put the tag on him if they have to. I've never really heard Jordan that angry before. It really was kind of eye-opening to me. I'm the conductor. Jordan comes on with us all the time, and, you know, he's he's, he's fairly calm. He's passionate. He enjoys what he does, as he should. But, I mean, he he was really fired up there. It was almost like he was the one that had to, to write a check personally to pay Daniel Jones the $45 million. But he's right. You know, he's right. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, $45 million is outrageous. Nice player. Don't get me wrong, but oh, 
What's Jimmy Garoppolo going to command? Right? Jimmy Garoppolo is sitting back, and here's a guy who lifetime, lifetime is 44-19 and 19 as a starting quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Guy took his team to a Super Bowl. Almost won it, but didn't. He's going to be a free agent. He's looking at the Daniel Jones thing saying, wait a sec, this guy's going to get, if he gets 45, then I want 45.50. I want 45 and 11 cents because I should be getting paid more than this guy. It's not going to happen. It can happen. The Giants know that it can happen because the only way that the Giants are going to be able to get back to where they were a season ago, and oh, by the way, the intent is to even go further, is to be able to have quality players on your team. Daniel Jones is not a good enough quarterback like an Aaron Rodgers, like a Patrick Mahomes, like a Joseph Burrow, that you could just trot him out there and say, hey, Dan, throw the ball 50 times a game and lead us to victory. That's not who he is. Giants know that. So they got to give him some help. They squeezed every last ounce of juice out of that offense last year, given the constraints that they had. And you know what? Daniel Jones is a smart enough guy. Hell, he went to Duke. He should be able to figure out and acknowledge that, yeah, I I need some talent around me. That's going to make my job a hell of a lot easier. You think he wants to go back there and, 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 you know, throw out routes to the Richie Jameses of the world and to the Isaiah Hodgins? No. Kenny Galladay, MIA, whatever the hell he's going to do next year. And by the way, they can't get even they can't get out of the Kenny Galladay thing really until after this upcoming season. So your guess is as good as mine what he's going to do for him. And Saquon's situation, because let's not forget about him. Perfect world. You know what? He gets the franchise tag. He turned down $12 million a year during the bye week when his agents were having conversations with the Giants. That was back in November. Christian McCaffrey makes the most of any running back. He gets paid $16 million a year. Saquon says he's not going to try to reset the market. Can they find like a middle ground of like maybe around 14 or something like that? That would be great. But the Giants are also not going to overpay for a running back. Like I give Bart credit. He and I all week talking about this stuff. You know, he brought up other names. There's other free agent running backs this year that if you believe in your head coach, and you believe in his system, and you believe in what he's able to do with an offense, you could plug in any running back there and still get the same productivity out of the unit as a whole. Maybe not from the position, but from the unit as a whole. Because say what you want, I mean, the Giants, even with Saquon Barkley having a great season, I don't think that they were one of the most feared offenses in the league. You know, you need some help there. And I know Barkley's a popular player. He's the face of the franchise, and he's not a quarterback either. And Joe Shane, we are going to find out this offseason just what type of general manager he is. Last year was like scholarship. It was a redshirt year, right? He gets the job. Gettleman left him with no cap space. So realistically, what is he supposed to do? He couldn't do anything. You know, he had his draft choices, hit on a couple of those. We'll see how the rest of them play itself out, but... Other than that, man, he didn't really have a lot of heavy lifting to do. Now is a different story. Now he's got cap space. Now he's got difficult questions to answer with arguably his two most important players. What do you do with Leonard Williams on the defensive side of the ball? The guy's making way too much money. Do you cut him? Do you, are you able to restructure the contract? Do you rip up the deal and sign him to a new extension, which is going to bring down that cap number for the upcoming season? What about the other free agents you have? When are you going to get some linebackers? I brought it up on the show yesterday with Bart. 
Bobby Wagner got cut loose by the Rams. Bobby Wagner still was at an all-pro level last year. Giants need linebackers in the worst possible way. It was like an open audition for linebackers. They were signing guys in the street or off the street last year in December, and they became every damn players for them into the playoffs. Bobby Wagner would look unbelievable in the Giant uniform, even at his age. And he still plays at a high level, but you know what? He wants a lot of money, and the Giants probably don't have that money to pay him and maybe don't want to. But it's guys of that ilk. You still have to continue to infuse this program with talent. Wise man once said, you can never have enough great players or good players on your team. We'll take your calls coming up next, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Remember, Don is going to join us coming up at noon from down in D.C. Set the scene for the Rangers and Caps today. Dan Grosser Show till 1230 right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Remember, you can get me on Twitter, at Dan Gross at G-R-A-C-A. Mets and Yanks. First glance of them in the Grapefruit League portion of the schedule. That'll be coming up this afternoon. We'll get into the whole new rules with baseball and the pitch clock and the unveiling of that yesterday. That was a lot of fun. Caught some of that game. And you know what? It had pretty uh, overwhelmingly positive returns as well. Mets are playing a a split squad today. They're going to be in Houston or taking on the Astros at their complex at 1. And then the game that's going to be on TV here locally on SNY, they're going to take on the Marlins at Port St. Lucie. That'll be at 6 o'clock. Yankees will be uh, taking on the Phils. It'll be a road game for the Yanks. That'll be at 1 o'clock. I don't believe that one is on TV locally here. So, But baseball underway, it's a thing. Look, these quarterback salaries with the money, and I understand timing is of the essence, right place, right time, that sort of thing. Remember, if you want to take this thing back over the last 10 years, at one time or another, even though it was about for five minutes. But do you realize that at one point Matt Ryan was the highest paid quarterback in the NFL and that our buddy Joe Flacco was also the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, like right after he won that Super Bowl MVP award. So it's all about when you strike it rich. So Daniel Jones, this $40 million thing, for example, Let's say they even pay him $40 million a year. The only qu- That would put him seventh among quarterbacks. Seventh. The only ones who would be paid more than him on an AAV 
Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers. Now, look, the Kyler Murray thing, the Deshaun Watson thing, I mean, that's the Browns and the Cardinals being the Browns and the Cardinals. What what more can you say? You know, they've made a lot of dumb decisions over the years, and that's why, you know, they haven't won anything. But, I, I mean, if you're running a business, I don't care what it is, a football team, the corner deli, you got to be responsible and you got to use good judgment. And I think that Joe Shane is going to invoke that approach when trying to figure out how to best attack this contract with Daniel Jones. All right, let's get back to the phones. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let us say hi to Walter in New Jersey. Up next here on 98.7. Walter, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. How about yourself? Good, Walt. What's going on? Um, maybe I'm crazy, but, and I, I know they haven't really heard his name much. I'm a Jets fan. Um, I haven't really heard anybody mention anything about Mike White, and I know everybody's talking about Carr or Garoppolo or, or Jackson, but in my mind, White is 27 years old. He, for the amount of time he's been on the field, I think he played well. His stats were good until they lost their number one offensive lineman and their running back. I think with a healthy team, I'd like to see what he could do. Look, Mike White, I'm a big fan of Mike White personally. I like Mike White as a quarterback, too. I really and truly do. But here's the problem with Mike White. You haven't been able to count on him in two years. The bo- bo- and you feel bad. Both opportunities he's gotten, he's gotten hurt. You know, last year, unfortunately, he suffered those broken ribs up in Buffalo, and that changed, in my opinion, the rest of the Jets' season because I think if Mike White does not get hurt, the Jets make the playoffs this year. They would have found a way to win one more game if White stayed in there. And then when he came back in that Seattle game, he was still far from 100%, and they had nothing left, and, you know, they couldn't win. But the Jets can't hand over the keys to the offense and say, here, Mike, you're our starting quarterback, when the guy hasn't proven that he could be that guy. I, I think that the dialogue is open, and I think that the Jets like Mike White. I know Mike White likes the Jets, and I would not rule out the possibility that Mike White comes back next year, but it won't be as the starting quarterback. I just think for the money, it's worth the shot you know, to, to let him be the quarterback, especially if he had the locker room. You know, I mean, that, that, you know. Well, he'll still have the locker room, but the bottom line, though, Walter, and I thank you for the phone call, like you said, for the money, like this isn't, this isn't the, you know, the thrift store. You know, this ain't the dollar discount rack. Now you're expected to win. Now you're expected to go to the playoffs. Anything less than the playoffs and winning this year would be a massive failure. You're not just trying to catch lightning in a bottle. That's why they're going out to see if Aaron Rodgers is available or if Derek Carr, you know, would want to sign here. Guys who have that history, who have that track record, a lot more than Mike White. You know, Mike White has what, won two games in his career as a starting two games? You got to have more of a certainty. Chris and Beth Page up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Christopher, how are you? Dan, I'm good. Uh, you know, last week or so, two weeks, I've just been laughing. And I'm sorry, I, I might have to put you in the category, too. Of mm-hmm. people. If, you know, the revisionist history that everyone's doing. Okay, before this season, everybody I know, and I'm a big Giant fan, all my Giant yeah. friend fans hate Daniel Jones. Got to get rid of him. The worst, right? Mm-hmm. All right. The day after they beat the Minnesota Vikings in the playoffs, in there, right? Mm-hmm. There, you couldn't find one person 
who didn't say, wow, we finally found a guy, he's the man. Seriously, he's mm-hmm. the guy. All right. Now, they lose to the Eagles. Then he demands $45 million. Now it's suddenly back to, and even you're guilty of it, he threw 15 touchdowns, and you start naming all these bozos right. that threw more touchdowns. You don't get paid in the league for throwing touchdowns. You get paid to win games, and you get paid to produce in the playoffs. And why do you think the Baltimore Ravens are holding out on Lamar Jackson? Why aren't they well, let me ask the you, well, but, but here's the thing, yeah. though, Chris. Chris, yeah. I'll, I'll let you finish. If that's the case, though, then why did Kyler Murray get paid? What the hell's Kyler Murray ever won? What has Deshaun Watson well, ever won? You, you, you hit upon it. You said it. They're, they're dumb organization. Dumb. And let me tell you something. Guess what? What do you think Daniel Jones' agents are saying? They're like, hey, Giants, look at what Kyler Murray's making. Look at what uh, Wichelman's making, Deshaun Watson. And, and they're saying that. And they're going, our quarterback, and by the way, this is what I want to ask you, and I ask all my friends this, two questions. I say this. Yeah. All right, in the NFC, in the NFC now, start naming all the quarterbacks, 27 or younger, that are better than Daniel Jones, and you start with Hurts uh, on Philly, and then start naming the other ones. Start ticking them all off, 27 or under, because that means he's in his prime now. He's in his prime, 27 and under. Yeah, but I start wouldn't throw all- age into it, Chris, because some guys, quote-unquote, enter their prime, and then they never get any better. But you have to throw age into a 27-under. Well, well, let me ask you a question, though, okay? If I asked you, Chris, next year for the Giants, just for next year, who do you want as your quarterback, Daniel Jones, who's 27 or under, or Aaron Rodgers, who's 37 and over? Who do you want next year? Uh, you know what? Good question. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be a little, you know, you're not going to like my answer, but I'll say don't, this. D- 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 Chris, Chris, come all right. on. All right, all right, all right. I would want Aaron Rodgers for of one year. Of course you would. One year. If, but, hey, but, Chris, if, if you got word if you got word through the grapevine that Tom Brady wants to come out of retirement and play for the Giants for one year, you want Tom Brady as your quarterback or you want Daniel Jones? Of course, but are the Giants – let me ask you this question. Are the Giants ready to win right now, next year? Are they ready to win a Super Bowl next year with one of those guys? The team is constructed as is. Are they ready to win by but that's all my money point. with those guys? That's Chris. That's the point of this whole thing. I'm not dumping on Daniel Jones. All I'm saying, I'm looking at this thing responsibly. I want him as my quarterback if I'm the Giants. And I, you're right. I was one of those guys after the Viking game, but I was saying it before the Viking playoff game. He's the guy. He proved to me that he gets along with Dayball. Dayball brings the best football out of him. However, there's a line you have to draw, man. You can't just be but giving then, out blank checks. You can't pay him $45 million a year. If you do, the rest of your team is going to be poo-poo. Yeah, but Dan, here's the thing. First of all, you did you did dump on Daniel Jones. You said I heard you. This is why I called. You said he threw 15 touchdowns, and then you started exactly. naming other guys and threw more. Exactly. That's that, the though? thing. You got to look at this thing rationally, Chris. I mean, you're not just giving out money based upon how much you like somebody. And I thank you for the phone call. I got to go because I got hit a break. You, and and that's what the Giants are doing. Don't get me wrong. Now we don't know why. Daniel Jones switched agents. It could be one of two factors. It could be number one. The negotiations while he was being represented by CAA were not going well at all, meaning like CAA said, no, we want Daniel Jones to get $45 million a year, and the Giants countered with, but he only threw 15 touchdowns last year or something along that nature. And no, we'd like him a lot, but we just can't, we're not going to pay him that kind of money. That's elite, elite quarterback money. We're not doing that. Or maybe his agents at CAA said to Daniel Jones, hey, Daniel, we're going to try to get you $45 million a year. And maybe Daniel was button heads with his own agents and said, hey, guys, yeah, that sounds great, but 
I want to take a little bit less because I know how important it is to be able to have weapons that I could give the football to, which is going to make my numbers look better, and it's going to help us win football games. And maybe he and his representatives were buttonheads, and Daniel Jones said, all right, there's the door. Now I'm moving over to athletes first. That happens sometimes. We just don't know what one of those two reasons were that made him switch agents. But I wouldn't rule out that second possibility. Remember, Tom Brady took less for how many years? When he was with the Patriots. So they can continue to bring in really good players to help him win Super Bowls. I mean, remember, Daniel Jones, not saying that he should go out there and try to get the bag, which he should, every player should, but let's say Daniel Jones never plays another down of football. Think about how much money he's already made in his career as a first-round draft choice. I mean, he's never going to have to work a day in his life. His grandchildren are never going to have to work a day in their lives if they inherit all that money, of course. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Let us say hi to Glenn in Brooklyn, up next here on 98.7. Glenn, good morning. How are you? Hey, I'm from Raider Nation. Been a long, what? long time Raider fan. Okay. And followed Derek, Derek Hoff for many years. I am so glad to see this guy go. He had his window. He had his time. This other caller talked about 27 and under. He had his, in his prime years, he couldn't get it done. And I'm just warning all Jet fans, you think this guy is going to be some kind of savior, take you to the promised land? I don't think so, man. I don't think so. Well, Glenn, let me ask you a question about the Raiders. Glenn, let me just ask you a question about the Raiders. All right? Since since our buddy Jimmy Plunkett, who has been the Raider quarterback that has taken him to the promised land? Raiders have been a miserable organization, maybe even more miserable than the Jets, one could argue. Let me tell you. The Raiders are looking for an answer, too. So is that Derek Carr's fault, though? Because, again, we've been playing this game. I don't think it's going to be an answer for the Jets, either. But, 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 Glenn, we've been playing this game with the Raiders for 40 years. 40 years. So why is Derek Carr the only one that should get blamed? I mean, you had you had the MVP of the NFL, my buddy Rich Gannon, in 2002, and then he played in the Super Bowl game, and it was like he never saw the opposing defense before. Well, at least they got got him to a Super Bowl. Oh, I, I'm not arguing that uh, one man doesn't, uh, you know, do it, and then that's the whole thing. From the top down, Scott Davis is horrible. He's not his father. Mark Davis. And uh, they, they, they've tried to put some pieces around Derek Cobb, and they, he couldn't get it done, man. Well, no, I here, just, I, 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 you know, Lamar Jackson, you want to go after him? Great. Jimmy G, you want to go after him? Great. I don't know. I'm not, I, I, I think you guys are wasting your time with Derek Cobb. I know. Well, well, Glenn, thank you for the phone call. I appreciate it. Jets will play the Raiders next year, by the way, in Vegas. And and by the way, who's the the Raider quarterback going to be next year? Do we have an answer there? Because they got nobody, which is kind of bold for Josh McDaniels and and, and Dave Ziegler. They just, you know, threw Derek Carr out. They want to bring in their own guy. But, okay, who's that guy going to be? Is it going to be Jimmy Garoppolo? Because McDaniels knows him from, from, from Foxborough? See, here's the thing, and and this has been a common theme because we heard from a lot of the Raider fans this week. Raiders have been as dysfunctional as anybody in the NFL. I mean, say what you want about Derek Carr, and look, I understand that he's got his flaws, and if Derek Carr was the perfect quarterback, he'd still be a Raider right now. But Derek Carr also had six head coaches in nine years. Does that not speak to the epitome of a dysfunctional organization? If that doesn't, what does? Six in nine years. 
800-919-3776, the telephone number. More of your calls coming up. And also, we got to get into the baseball. New rules, new pitch clock. Boy, that thing went off without a splash yesterday. And I'll tell you this, a lot of people liked it. A lot of people liked it. A little bit of an adjustment if you're a baseball fan for the upcoming season. We'll talk about that coming up next. Dan Grasso Show till 1230 on 98.7 ESPN. Poo-poo. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We're going to take it till 1230. Then we got a little Ranger pregame for you. Rangers and the Caps down in D.C. Don will be on the call. Don will join us coming up at uh, noon, set the scene. And I guess Gallant talked to the media at 11 o'clock and didn't really tip his hand as to whether or not they were going to roll out the 11 forwards in 7-D like they did the other night in Detroit. You know, he likes to play the wait-and-see game. You know, keep the Capitals on edge right up until puck drop there. But, you know, it just makes the job more difficult for those of us that have to actually be part of the broadcast of the game. But, you know, neither here nor there. They're under no obligation to help us out any more than they have to. Uh, baseball, yesterday, because I got the uh, the dish and I pay for all the sports packages and the channels. It kind of comes with the job. So... There was one game yesterday. There was only two games, two or three, across baseball, spring training games, and only one that was televised on any of like the regional sports networks, and it was the Mariners-Padres. And I was able to get the game because I buy the baseball package and all that stuff. So I had the game on whatever local uh, cable, maybe it was like Bally's West or whatever the hell it is that does the Padres game. So I watched the game. And I got to see the pitch clock in action for the first time. And it looks a little weird. You know, you have this giant clock behind the plate there on the backstop. And, you know, it's, it's, you see it. And there's also one in center field that the batters are going to be able to see during the game. And I'll tell you, it does move the game a heck of a lot more rapidly. Yesterday's game between San Diego and Seattle with the pitch clock, that was a two-and-a-half-hour game. Two and a half hours. One violation. That was it. And when I say a violation, that was either, you know, a pitcher that took advantage of the clock, didn't deliver the ball in time, or a batter who wasn't in the batter's box properly when he should have been. And in this case, it was Manny Machado 
who I guess didn't have his second foot in the batter's box by the time the pitcher was ready to release the ball. And so the umpire, you know, got that little alert on his wrist or whatnot, and he stepped out and he called time and he issued Manny Machado a strike, which is what the rule is going to be for a violation. So these are things that we're going to have to get brought up to speed over, and it's going to take some acclimating, and it's a little bit of a few curves and – if it's for the betterment of the game, though, I don't think anybody's going to be complaining. And it's going to take some adjusting for the pitchers, for the hitters, for the fans, right? I mean, we're used to baseball just being this drawn-out, very methodical, very deliberate type of sport. It's the one we've known our whole lives. Yeah, games sometimes take three, three and a half, even four hours, but it's a different world right now, and they're trying to change things a little bit. Here was Manny, though. He was uh, interviewed by that um, the Padre broadcast out there on the TV side. So this was him and having to adjust to the pitch clock. Take a listen. I'm about to make a big adjustment. I might be 0-1 down a lot, a lot this year, man. It's, it's just super fast. Um, There's definitely an adjustment period is going to be, but uh, going down the history books. <laughs> it looked like you were actually in the box. So what did they get you on? Having your pose? So you got to be, so at eight seconds, right on eight seconds, you got to be ready looking at the pitcher, like engaged with the pitcher. And right there, I was looking up. So he told me, he's like, hey, you got two seconds, you got two seconds. So I stepped in as soon as I looked and bang. Manny Machado, of course, who may or may not be a Met next season. There are still talks going on with the Padres, but he's got that opt-out at the end of the year, says he's going to opt-out, and then, hey, to the highest bidder he will go. It, it will seem weird. You know, watching it yesterday, and granted, this was the first time that I watched it. You know, I didn't watch minor league baseball over the last couple of years, you know, when they were using the pitch clock, and to me, as a viewer, it felt a little rushed. I was like, whoa, pump the brakes a little bit. Like, I had that feeling a couple of times. Now, I'm thinking about this way down the line. Let's just say that this thing really works out the way they want it to. And that on average, you know, you're going to see games that, what if they are in the two-and-a-half-hour ballpark now? Which is going to be a drastic, drastic reduction from baseball the way we've come to watch it now for the last, you know, the majority of our lifetimes. Couldn't you see fans and there being an outcry that if games are dramatically shorter and faster than what they used to be, couldn't you see fans then calling for, well, wait a sec. I'm paying money to go to the ballpark. I'm paying top dollar to come watch these guys play. What if my ballpark experience is now cutting cutting half, let's say by a half an hour? Should I be paying as much money that I've been paying and been asked to pay for all these years? You know, when do fans start to demand some money being taken off the ticket prices, <laughs> right? I mean, like, that's going to be the natural progression of this whole thing. You know, what about advertisers, you know, who, who, who give money to the networks and Major League Baseball, and they say, well, wait a sec, I'm paying for, you know, four-hour games normally in the past. Now they're only two and a half hours. Why are you charging me as much? For what? So there is going to be a little give and take as this thing kind of gets figured out now moving forward, but... I think still it's going to be a positive at the end of the day, and it's probably going to be generally better received as opposed to just more of the same where it's just an endless, endless cycle of games that may or may not even be that captivating. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. So at least with the Mets tonight, you get to watch the game on SNY coming up at 6 o'clock where you get your first look at the pitch clock and you see how it goes. Let's say hi to Sal in Brooklyn. He's up next here on 98.7. Sal, how we doing? Dan, good morning. How are you? Hoping Sal, all things are well. What's show. up, buddy? Hey, hey we're, we're, we're all over the place, which is good. Uh, let me just stop first, please, with the Giants, then we'll get to baseball. 
just ask any fan out there, any fan. You saw Derek Carr. I mean, you saw uh, Daniel Jones like nobody's ever seen him, and now everybody thinks he's he's this elite quarterback. I'm not knocking him. Mm-hmm. But what we saw was a quarterback that was absolutely controlled by a coach. He knew the quarterback's highest assets, used them to that ability, and got the most out of him. You don't think if a guy like like Dayball, well, all you got to do is look at Allen. He regressed this year in Buffalo without Dayball. He regressed, no matter what anybody says. And you see Daniel Jones got better. Do you think the Giants are going to give Daniel Jones $40, 45000000 million? Honestly, it, it ain't going to happen. They'll find somebody out there that can play under Dayball, and then he's just going to give you the same production that you got right now, but you built something else as far as the team goes. And then, and then that quarterback will fit the bill. With baseball, real quick, listen, I'm, I'm not the guy get off my lawn type yet. Mm-hmm. I love baseball for the fact that it was a live play being brought out in front of your eyes like a game of chess, and it was over when it was over. I'm not mad that they're trying to speed up the game. But you're telling me you want to speed up the game with bigger bases, no shift, and once these major leaguers really get into their groove, there are going to be bigger innings, and the game is still going to go two and a half, three, three hours and 15 minutes. It's not guaranteed. You know, let's not try to appeal, which is what they're doing, to appeal to Vegas so that a lot of money can get on this game. Who's going to get on four times? Where's the stolen base? The odds of the game changing halfway through the game? That's what they're doing with this. And, and, and again, to me, the old-timer who loves the game to see it played out the way it was, I'm still going to watch it. I still follow. I still got my grandkids playing. I follow the minor leaguers. But it's just to me, I don't, you know, the, the pizza box base is like Cora said, and he's not wrong. And you can't give a major leaguer in the box facing a 98-mile-an-hour fastball, tell him you got eight seconds to get in the box. You know what kind of composure it takes to get in there and try to isolate a pitch to think where it's going to come and then make you move on that ball? You know, they're, they're down in the game. They're not improving. Well, the, Sal, you know why life. they're doing that, though? With the, and, I, and thank you for the phone call. You hit on a lot of good points. And, and, and here's the fact of the matter. You, me, right, we've been baseball fans all our lives. These new rules, they're not appealing to guys like us and to the diehards who are going to be there regardless. Even if the games are still four hours long, it doesn't matter. We're going to be there day in and day out. They're trying to attract a new crowd. They're trying to attract an appeal to a younger crowd. That's why they're doing it. You know, but with the guys in the batter's box, I mean, I think we can all agree. It is getting a little bit ridiculous to where after every pitch, even if you don't take the bat off your shoulders, you got to step out, you got to adjust your batting gloves, you got to take your helmet off, you got to wipe the sweat off your brow, you have to adjust your wristbands, your elbow guards, your whatever the hell you're doing. And then that takes, you know, 10 seconds alone to do all that stuff. Then they get back in the batter's box. and by, So times that out by, you know, 50, 60 at-bats you have in a game, all that adds up potentially. And that's what baseball wants to eliminate. All the downtime in between pitches. I thought Max Scherzer made a really good point. Max Scherzer, you know, they asked him about the pitch clock and how it's going to, you know, impact the game or whatnot. And Max Scherzer said the pitchers are now going to be the ones to control the games. Because under the old way, it was the hitters. For what I just spoke about, you know, they get out of the batter's box and then they could take their sweet ass time and do whatever they want and just control, you know, change this, take that. And then the pitcher who maybe is in a nice little groove and they want to deliver the baseball, they have to wait on the hitter to get set up. And the umpire gives them all the time in the world. Not anymore. 
Now the pitcher is going to be the one who's dealing, and the batter knows I got to step in that batter's box because the pitch clock is going. And the pitcher could be the one that says, all right, I'm in control. Get in there and get ready to hit this. I'm okay with it. The other stuff like Sal brought up with the the bigger bases, I think that's kind of hokey. The banning of the shift I'm all for. Because I do agree that you should want more balls in play. There are balls that go rocketing off of bats that you think are going to be base hits. They're going to be singles. They're going to be doubles, whatever. But just because of the shift where you have, you know, the shortstop playing in right field is going to be able to swallow up a ground ball and throw out a guy at first. I mean, that's not baseball. Nobody wants to see that. I'm all about increasing the running game and having that more of a presence in the sport again. I think... That certainly is something that might come about. I don't know if it's not necessarily attributed to the the bigger bases because the base paths are now four inches shorter. You know, the pitch clock is going to be a little bit more difficult for the pitcher to to regulate the running game. When you have a guy at first base, you can only throw over a couple of times. That's it. That does bring action. That does bring excitement. Is it going to be enough to generate all this mass appeal, which baseball is hoping for now, which is generated from the younger audience? I don't know. Only time will tell. But remember... I'm not the target audience with this thing. I was going to be there already. I have my lifetime subscription to Major League Baseball. I'm a fan. I'm there. 800-919-3776. Telephone number. More of your calls. Remember, Don is going to join us from D.C. to set the scene for the Rangers and the Caps today. And then we got Ranger coverage beginning at 1230. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Show on this Saturday. Normally we would be wrapping up here, but extra half hour today. We're taking it right up until 1230. Ranger hockey at that point with me. Capitals. Don and Dave have the call. Don will join us in a few minutes after we set the scene for the DC. Now, hopefully he's saving his voice. You know, he might be screaming a lot today, depending on how many pucks the Rangers get into the old net. Let's say hi to Jack in Queens. He's up next here on 98.7. Jack, good morning. How are you? Hello, Jack. Jack, we're going to move on. I apologize sincerely. Don't let it ruin your we day. Suck. Yeah, I mean, these things happen. Let's say hi to uh, Jim in Long Island up next. Jimmy, how are you? Good, Dan. Dan, how are you today? Jim, I'm good. What's going on, my friend? Okay, I'm calling you about the Derek Carr, Jets, and Aaron Rodgers. But one quick side note about Daniel Jones. Not yes. going to get into it too deep. Don't forget, the guy did run for over 750 yards and scored seven touchdowns on the ground. You're right. That gives him a, it, it, so it's the 15 touchdowns in the air is a little bit misleading. But, he did Jim, more. here's the thing, though. Jim, here's the thing. If you want to maximize the life of your quarterback, okay, and this includes all the great two-way quarterbacks we have in the league, including Patrick Mahomes, at the end of the day, 
Your mobility is eventually going to be gone to the extent that it was earlier in your career, and you're going to have to be a thrower of the football. Patrick Mahomes messed up his ankle in the playoffs. He still found a way to get the Chiefs to the Super Bowl, essentially being a pocket passer. 100% correct. And, again, we could go into the Giants in great depth, but I don't want to waste your time there. I'd rather talk about Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers. To me, and I'm a long-term Jets fan, big Jets fan, my family's Jets fans, I would tell you, you got to go with Derek Carr over Aaron Rodgers for a few reasons. First is no draft capital. That's huge. Mm-hmm. You can take a Derek Carr, pay him. You can use the draft choice choices and bolster it by getting a good offensive lineman or a deep threat. Because they really, Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, great receivers. you got two good tight ends. But you need a guy who can sprint down the, uh, the field and put some pressure on the defense deep, which pulls the safeties back which opened up the other two guys in the tight ends. So that, that, that you could use your draft capital there, which you, you lose when you bring in Aaron Rodgers. Secondly, Carr is a, is a very – is he the number one quarterback? No, but he's a good quarterback, and he's never had a good defense around him. And reality is you don't need an elite quarterback to win the Super Bowl. You're right about Mahomes. But look at, for example, Foles and the Eagles against Brady, who was at the, you know, at the apex of his career at the time, Right. So you can, if you've got a great team around a good quarterback, who their car is, you're significantly ahead of the game. And last but not least, let's talk reality. Aaron Rodgers is 39 years old. He's towards the end of his career. His physical skills are diminishing. You brought up the point about the scrambling and, and whatnot. takes a toll on the quarterback. And at the end of the day, with his diminished skills, you're talking maybe a year, maybe two years. Derek Carr, you get four or five years. You get a chance to put your franchise on a consistent playoff team. That's it. You know what, Jim? You don't have to convince me, and I thank you for the phone call. I mean, we talked about it pretty much, you know, for the last week to ten days. Everything that's just outlined with Derek Carr, I- I'm there. You know, I- I- I'm-, I'm fine with it. If Rodgers does not come here, I'm fine with Derek Carr. The other thing you throw into the mix – Last 20 years, Derek Carr is a sizable upgrade over anybody the Jets had playing quarterback for them. You know, he had statistically the worst defense in the NFL for the last nine years while he was there in, in, why say, Oakland with the Raiders. The worst, not like one of the worst, the worst during that nine-year period. Six head coaches in nine years. Some stability would do this guy good, perhaps. And I think it could be a possibility, but... If you are Derek Carr, it's smart to wait the Aaron Rodgers thing out because whatever team doesn't end up with Aaron Rodgers, that means their interest in you just went tenfold, which means your bank account might even be a little bit more full than you thought it was going to be. All it takes is one team, one team, one owner, one GM to reset the market. And if you're Derek Carr, you're in a pretty favorable position right now. And like I said a little bit earlier, show me where this Derek Carr market, this robust market that everybody talked about initially, where is it? Because where I'm sitting right now, it's the Jets and the Saints, the Saints and the Jets. Where else is it? He's allowed to take visits to places that he maybe wants to go play. Wouldn't he be doing that with free agency just a couple of weeks away? Not for him. He can sign whenever he wants. But for other teams that might need a quarterback? All right, we come back. 
Got a half an hour still to play with. We will head down to D.C. and check in with our pal, Mr. LaGreca, who will be on the call for the Ranger and Capital game this afternoon. It's Dan Gross' show till 1230. Then it's Ranger Hockey right here on 98.7 ESPN.